Yes, guys, welcome to The Good Life. This is our Rhythm Factory seminar stream. It's so good to have you all. There is a lot of people in here, which is amazing. Um, sorry if you're uncomfortable. I don't even know how to say it about that. But anyway, um, today we've got two very special guests with us. Um, we've got two brothers. We've got TJ. And we've got Femi. And these guys are two brothers from Jubilee Church. Um, and they are authentic, they're real, they love Jesus, and they're going to bring an amazing message for you guys today. Um, so please receive them well, and let's give it up for these guys. Yo. Yo, Nido, how is everyone? You good? Yeah, wicked man. So we don't have. We normally have like a little, a little lectern. So if it's a little bit jagged, I also this is super weird because we've never preached together before. Yeah, it's strange, but it's alright. I think we'll get through it. You yeah, think we'll get through it. Yeah. It'll be fine. Right. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean today we're speaking on like the. Product I feel like crept on huh? Conan or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, got the whole duo thing going. Back to back. Yeah. You get me. Um, how do you want to do this? You know what? We're going to introduce ourselves, but I think it'll be better if. We introduce each other. Yeah. So, actually, I was doing some maths this morning. So, before we go through it, who do you think's the older brother? Can you lot tell? Is it? Is it? So, point if it make some noise if TJ's the older brother. And make some noise if you think I'm the older brother. All right. Most of our lives, well, not. Yeah, most of our lives, yeah. people have thought TJ's older than me. Which is a bit of a par, actually, but it's all good. Yeah, man. But we are actually only 16 months apart in age, which means my mum got pregnant when I was seven months years old. <laughs> Whoa, seven months old. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Mum got mum got pregnant when I was seven months. So that's pretty quick. Is there any siblings in here? Hands up. Is there anyone closer in age than me and TJ that isn't a twin? So, yeah. But have we got any twins in here, though? Yeah. Hey, a couple of twins represented. Michael, Ruben, I see. A Roxy, of course. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about TJ. Because I know him the best in the world, I'd say. I think I know you better. Well, I know you better than mum and dad. But TJ has always been the, like, the goody two-shoes brother. Do you know what I'm saying? He was the one. When TJ was in year six, he won the trophy for, like, child of the school. They gave him, like, a trophy. You know them 100% attendance, marked off all the stats. Yeah, he nailed it. He nailed it. That was one of, one of the worst days of my life because I remember when TJ won, he won child of the year, and it was like, it was great to begin with, you know, at dinner we were all celebrating, and then it was like, the moment the celebration's done, I felt like all the eyes in the room looked at me. <laughs> Femi, where was your child of the year trophy? <laughs> so then he went through primary school, this brother used to, uniform was always correct. He was, I don't know how, he would get to school on time even though we left at the same time. <laughs> I was late, he was on time, he was the one, and then we got to secondary school. TJ was, I already kind of made a bit of a dent 
in year seven. So he came in and then he fixed it. You know what I mean? He was like, yeah, TJ is the good one. He was clever. He did some exam. They were like, yeah. They kind of called my parents up to be like, so basically, just to let you know, TJ's like, TJ's a genius. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're kind of thinking, what do you prefer, Oxford or Cambridge? What's like your vibe? This is when he's about 12 years old. So then, fast forward like six years, the maddest thing happened. A-level results day. <laughs> now I was, I was always, I was always, the, I was always the brother. Like the expectations were just slightly lower. They were more like, do you know what I mean? Like I'd be like, oh, mum, man. Like I got a, got a C, and she, ah, oh, you got a C. TJ would be like, I got a B. She'd be like, you got a B. Do you know what I mean? So A-level results day. This is also crazy. So I'm in year thirteen. So I've already made it to the promised land. I'm going to uni. So. It wasn't as deep for me. But TJ's in year 12, and he needs, like, his AS results to see what... And we're on holiday. This is the maddest thing ever. Such a good day. But <laughs> so we're on, we're, <laughs> we're on holiday, right? And can you imagine, TJ... So because of the time zone, we weren't, in London, uh, we weren't in England, so the time zone... He called me... He woke me up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. It's like, fam, I got my results. I'm half asleep, like, yeah, how did it go? He's like, I got B-E-U-U. <laughs> you, know, you know what this guy said? He said, oh, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was kind of like, rah. Well, I guess it's music then, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, and so he had to go, and it's so crazy because he had to wake up our parents to tell him the results. So obviously, normally these kind of things, it's a solo effort, but I was like, I need to, I need to be there. So I'm, I'm just kind of in the corner of the room and he told my smiling. parents. They're smiling. <laughs> he told me, I'm there thinking, oh my goodness me, this is crazy. And he told my parents, dad took it well. Mum, mum took it. Like, but that, I mean, mum had a hard, mum. A tough time. Yeah, mum. You know what she said? She said, if you and a goat sat down for the exam, you would have got the same grade. <laughs> That's what mom said immediately. Mom said. She, she won't have me, This is the first time up to date I was like the good kid out of the two of us. And then, yeah, so that's TJ basically in a nutshell. And then yesterday he made us all so proud when he preached the word of God. So, yeah, that's TJ. Yeah. Now, let me explain to you who my, my big brother is. He's... My yeah. little big brother. Yeah, see what you did there, see what you did there. Yeah, did there. Um, so, my introduction to Femi wasn't good, oh. if I'm being honest. When I came into this earth, <laughs> I, was, I was just here chilling as babies do. Like, he was a nutter. <laughs> like, straight from the off. My mum my had to keep waking up for him in the night well after she had stopped waking up for me in the night because he just didn't stop making noise. And I think I was about three months old when I actually, I, me and my brother actually connected for the first time so i'm three months old and my mom i don't obviously remember this my mom tells me the story she she put me down on a chair because she had to go and like turn the cooker off or something like that and then all she hears is boom <laughs> and she starts hearing crying and when she runs in like what's happened what's happened and my brother's there <laughs> just standing like this looking around and she said what have you, what have you done she said, it's my chair <laughs> So from that, from the very start, from the very start, this guy, 
Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get off to the best start, you know what I mean? I just so, had to set the tone, just set yeah, the tone. Yeah, he came like, through with this. Yeah. <laughs> but through our lives, it was always like, he was a lot more aggressive than I was. I was bigger, but he was like, examples is like, we'll go to the park just to kick ball with a few of the boys from around the area, and we're playing football. Everything's calm. Everyone's enjoying until Femi puts in a two-footed knee-high challenge on someone <laughs> for no reason. For no reason at all. Then they start fighting. Femi's like, what? It'll be 10 against one. He's like, yeah, yeah, what? Like, the amount of times I've saved this guy's life. <laughs> Honestly, the amount of times I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, don't say sorry. Like, like that's... That's Femi, yeah? So here's a little... Here's a the little balance thing. worked well. It was yeah. Like, yeah. Balance it was, worked well. It was a good team. We'll get home, couple scratches. Mum will be like, what's, what's happened? And just like, you know, the G-code is just... Yeah, yeah nothing. But like you that. know that sibling that melts first under pressure? So mum and dad would be kind of like... <laughs> mum and dad would be like, you know, so what, what, happened, what happened in the park? I'd be like, yo, man. We're good. <laughs> Everything was good. Mum would be like, what happened? <laughs> We're good. TJ, what happened? You know, my lip is trembling. Yeah. <laughs> then the tears start. I'm like, <laughs> bro, hold it down. Like, yeah. yeah. But you know what it was? It was just the fact that I, just, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to be good. Like, I just wanted to be the good one. I just, I went to school and I just wanted to do my work. I never understood why this guy couldn't do that. <laughs> and I, 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 I actually wanted to be that person up until I failed my A-levels. Um, then yeah. you got to understand. But... We're actually going to talk about two brothers in the Bible. You may have heard the story before. It's called the prodigal son. So if you could turn to Luke 15 with me. Turn. If you could flick to Luke 15 with me. Open the app or whatever. But also, I want you to keep it open because we're going to decode it together Mm. and really understand what God is trying to say. But let me pray first and then we'll get into it. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're the good, good father. And I thank you because of you, we are all children of God. And I pray in Jesus' name that as we preach this story together, I pray in Jesus' name, would you, would you speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus? I pray in Jesus' name that you would have your hand on us. I pray in Jesus' name that we would understand that we are not here by accident, but you brought us here. I really want to pray for the people that feel like they were just forced to New Day or they came to New Day by accident. And I feel God saying that you are not here by accident, but God has a plan for you and he has a plan for you through this sermon. I pray in Jesus' name, would you speak through both of us that everyone would really hear what you have for them. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. All right, shh, give me a second. All right, so we're going we're gonna to read this, read this together. So it's Luke 15 and we're going to go from verse 11. Okay? The parable of the prodigal son. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that con- country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I must perish here with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. 
I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the, and, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But, his father, but the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring a fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He's lost and is now found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and he, as he came and drew near to the house, he heard the music and the dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come home. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But you see, that brother was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young girl and that, that I might celebrate my friends. But when this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, came back you killed the fat and calf for him and he said to him son you are always with me and all that is mine is yours it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother was dead and is now alive he was lost and is now found so basically one of the things that i love to do with parables is i try to imagine them in kind of today's terms to understand a little bit because sometimes you might feel a bit weird like inheritance what does that kind of mean but imagine imagine your parents when the from the day you were born had been putting in a university fund for you they were like i want you to go to university and i want you to go without any financial worries so they're putting money into this fund for you and your sibling and then one day you decide actually i don't want to go to uni i want to go iron apple <laughs> i want to go ibifa and I want to party. And the other brother, so what? You, so let's say I'm, I've decided I'm not yeah. going to uni, I'm going to go Napa instead. So you're in I'm, I'm going to uni, I've decided that I'm going to buy all the correct books. I'm going to, I'm even going to buy the university jerseys and stuff that you don't actually need to buy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be mm -hmm. the best at my university. That's so I'm saying. thinking, let me take my share. I'm going to obviously book the flights, get a good hotel, sizable hotel, and party hard. And it says, you know, it sounds like he, he was partying hard. That's exactly what he did. He went to a far country. He partied it away. He spent it on whatever you spend it on partying in Napa. Whilst the other brothers at home... Doing what I'm meant to do, as usual, you know. And so, has anyone ever been on holiday yet, or were you a bit young? Has it happened to anyone yet? Nope, yep. All right, soon one day you're going to go on holiday or go to a festival, and there's a magical day on, like, maybe day five or day four and a half, when you when you run out of money so you know what i mean day one you're always like let's go to this restaurant day two let's go to this theme park and this restaurant and then this club after by day four or five you start to be a bit wiser start looking at the local grocery stores and stuff so this is what's happened to this person he's run out of money now he can't afford the hotel bills he can't afford to go to the clubs anymore entries too much he can't he's thinking oh no but the shame of going back is at the back of his mind. So he's thinking, let me just see if I can pattern a job here 
so that I could just survive here for a bit because it's a bit embarrassing because I've told, like, Dad, I'm not going to uni. I'm, I've got this. And now I've realised I haven't got this. So now he's trying to survive and it's like it gets to the point where he's so broken poor, he's poorer than the people that were serving his dad. So he's, he's in a worse position than he left. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whilst the other brother... Yeah, he's been just being diligent. I'm just there doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Whatever it is that the father needs, that son's going out and doing it, doing it, doing it. He's doing the best he can, all whilst the other brother is outgoing and squandering everything that was given to him, disrespecting everything that was given to him. The other brother is just there trying to do the best, be the best, and he's actually being a good person. So basically, I want to talk about the brother that went away. And I know that for a lot of people, and I found this really, really, this really touched me because this story, I remember being a Christian very young and I felt like Christianity was actually kind of easy. I felt like it was all right. You know, Christianity in Sunday school, turn up on Sunday, sing the songs, go to school, don't get in trouble, we're good. Then I got to secondary school and it felt like it got a little bit more difficult. And then the stress of exams and A-level, and it felt like it got even more difficult. And, and I felt like I was fighting to stay in God's kingdom. I, f- I felt like it was a battle, a little bit of a battle. And some of you might feel like that, that your Christian walk has almost flattened as you've gotten older, whereas you expected it to get more and more closer to God. And some of you are feeling like that. And I want to talk about some people that feel like they're far away. Because it talks about he's gone away. He's gone away from what he knew. And he squandered it. And quite often, sin makes us feel like that. Because that's what it does. It makes us go further away from God. And it's like, some of you feel... There's certain sins that make you feel even further. Certain Sexual sin has a way of gripping you in a weird way. It makes you feel far from God. Sometimes... You feel far from your parents and you feel like the, the Christian walk that your parents are having, maybe, you don't, see to, you don't seem to see eye to eye with it. You start to feel like a rebel. Some of you are thinking, I shouldn't even be at New Day with all of these righteous, holy people. They're out here putting their hands in worship, screaming and crying about these songs. And I'm just thinking, I just can't understand what it is. It just sounds like a normal song to me. It's like... Have you ever had that moment in worship where you feel like, are we singing the same song? Because what you're receiving and what I'm feeling look two whole galaxies apart. Have you ever had that? Hands up if you can relate to that feeling, because I know I definitely can. And it's even harder when it's someone that you feel like you've grown up with. Maybe your sibling or maybe your close friends. Have you ever had that weird moment in New Day on the Holy Spirit night where it feels like every single other person in the room felt this Holy Spirit thing and you're just there like, where did that go? What happened? Sometimes we fall, we fall far away from God and it's kind of hard to recognize where we've got to. And I want to talk about the rebel, basically, the one that went away. But I want to talk about the process that he used to come back to what he knew. Because what you need to understand is he received grace. He put his pride aside and he received grace. Now, I said to keep the verse um, Luke 15 open because I want you to, to look, in, look into it deeper because there's some interesting things that happen. And the first point, really, that I'm going to bring to you is the confession and repentance. 
and that comes in at verse 18 when it says father i've sinned against heaven i will rise and go to my father and i will say to him father i've sinned against heaven and before you he's basically confessing he's decided he's all the way he's so far away and he's just decided you know what i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna turn back turn my back on this situation it's gotten to a point where it's so bad i'm gonna turn my back on this situation i'm going to go to my father and i'm going to repent I'm going to confess and I'm going to repent. And that's the first point, confession and repentance. For people that feel far away from God, that maybe that's what you need to do. Sometimes sometimes when, when a preacher's talking, it almost sounds like they're indirecting me. Has anyone ever felt like that before? It's even weirder when it's your dad preaching and you're like, does he not? But yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Even weirder when your brother's preaching and it's like, oh, is he snaking me on this big stage? right? But yeah. <laughs> But sometimes you feel like, I need to repent and confess. Maybe that's just to God. Maybe that's to a youth leader to get it out in the open. You don't want to be bound by these sins. Quite often when you hear sermons like this, moments in your life or experiences or things you've done pop to mind. Sometimes that's the Holy Spirit nudging you and being like, Bedrin, that's what he's talking about. It's that sin. It's that reoccurring thing that you're doing. It's that moment you had that you haven't resolved. That's what you need to confess and repent. And that's the first thing that the brother did. For the person that feels far away, that's the first step that he took. He confessed and repent. And then you see the second thing and the second point is things started to change. He started to live in the grace. So it's at verse 22, if we read it with me, it says, But the father said to his servants, bring quickly his... Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. So he, st- he changed. The, so basically to explain that, the father is he's basically confessed. The father's like, he's thinking he's going to come back to a father that says, oh man, like you, you bounced. No one asked you to go and squander all of that money, but you've come back to me. What would I want to do with you? And has anyone ever felt like that's what the reaction would be? Because quite often, that's a very earthly reaction to things. You've got a friendship group. You make a bad decision. You go and snake them for another friendship group. You realize it was a bad decision. You can't go back because you know that if you try and go back, they'll be like, Bedrin, you snaked us. Why are you coming back here? That feeling can often be like what we feel like God's reaction is going to be like. But God's reaction, God's reaction, Jesus' reaction is like the father in this book. And what he says, he comes back and the father's like, bring the best robe. Bring a ring and bring some shoes. I find this hilarious because nothing has changed in the last 2,000 years. Humans still use the same devices to feel good. We just go out and buy new shoes. Do you hear what I'm saying? But really deeper than bring the best robe and bring a ring and bring new shoes... That is the father changing his identity. That is the father saying, you've got a new look now. You might have been a rebel before, but let me change what you look like right now. Let me get a new robe. Let me clothe you in righteousness. You're going to look a little bit different now. Before you were out there partying and you were in your lowest place, it says that he, was, he, was lo- he, he longed to eat the food that the pigs ate. It's not even, it doesn't get lower than that. It says that he was underneath the servants that were once serving his house. He was at a low place. And the first thing the father says to him is, come through, let me change what you look like right now. Let me put a new jacket on you. And it says, let me, put, let me get you some rings. Have you got any rings on? No, come on, bro. Should have read this. All right. Let me get you some rings and let me get some nice shoes. 
if it was today, it probably looked like a, I don't know, jacket like this. Maybe some, there's something about white Air Force Ones that make you feel like a new person. Do you know what I'm saying? Or like white vans. Do you know when it's like just Chris and you, uh, one of the kids in our youth group bought new Air Force, new white Air Force Ones to New Day. Bad mistake. But anyway, but anyway, so straight away, your identity is changed. And, and that is what confession and repentance can bring to you. It can change your identity. Because quite often the world likes to look at your identity in your lowest identity point. Do you hear what I'm saying? People don't seem to judge you on the great things that you do, but on the, the bad things. That's kind of like, and that's the judgment that comes from an earthly mindset. But we're, we're under a different mindset. Do you hear what I'm saying? What kind of mindset under, are we under? A kingdom mindset. See, yeah, I've got you, man. I've got you, I've got you. So then your identity changes. You look different. And then the third point is the weapons to stay in this identity. Now, one of the hardest things ever, and I've gone through it myself, is you followed the first two steps. You feel like I've gone far away from God and on the coach, on the bus, on the train, on the way to New Day, you're like, God, please change me this New Day. I don't want to go back the same. And you know, night one happens, night two, and you feel like God has really changed me. I've confessed this sin. I've confessed it. And now I feel different. Has anyone ever felt like they're a different person at New Day? Suddenly you become mad holy at New Day. Do you know what I mean? Referees calling bad decisions and you're like, it's fine. I'm a different person. It's like the first thing that's happened is I've confessed. And then the second thing happened is like my identity has been changed. And then the first week you get back to home, your parents notice something slightly different. And your friends notice something slightly different. You go back to chill with your friends and you start to notice all the sinful things that happen within your friendship group. And you try to abstain. But then sometimes it feels like over time... TJ spoke about it a little bit yesterday, but it starts to feel like a new day boost, a spiritual boost. It's like August, man, was mad Christian. September was still holding it together. By December, mocks, it kind of fell to pieces. And then if you go to Jubilee Church, we fast in January, so you get another little boost. And you've just got to try and ride out that boost till August again and then start again. And it, sometimes you need to understand the weapons and devices to stay in that new identity you have. And those weapons are spoken about in verse 25, when it says, no, no, it's not. <laughs> Let me find it once again. Oh, yeah, verse 25. Now, his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house, and he heard music and dancing. Music and dancing. Those weapons, it's prayer, it's worship, it's living a life in music and dancing, but in the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? You keep consistent with that, and you will stay in that new identity. You flop your Bible reading, and everything starts to drift. You stop attending church. You stop worshipping your heart out. Do you hear what I'm saying? And then things start to slip. It's easy. It's so easy to forget this. But if you can just commit your morning to God, praying and worshipping, music and dancing, celebrating and being happy in the Lord. Some of you feel like it's easy to worship, pray and dance when the band is absolutely killing and it's a big stage, mad lights and 7,000 people all rocking out to the same song. 
But when I go to my church, it's just one acoustic guitar and it's long and it's Sunday morning. Let me tell you something. It's the same God. It is the same God. It's the same worship and it's the same prayer. There's no difference. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the first point would be you confess to the person that's like feels like the rebel that's far away from God. The first point would be confess and repent. And then the second point would be understand that by his grace, you have a new identity. And then the third point, to stay in that new identity, you worship and you pray through it. You do not let that slip. Even in hard times, you still worship and you pray. In the morning, you worship and you pray. In the evening, you worship and you pray. It suddenly becomes easier to stay in that. And we need not look at New Day like this spiritual boost that I've just got to wait for annually, but it just feels like a spiritual top-up. Do you hear what I'm saying? It just feels like something that's God has been speaking to me all year new day is just another week where God speaks to me amen I've been worshiping God with all my heart all year new day is just a great week where I get to worship God with all of the family all year do you know what I'm saying so that is really what I want to get you what for the people that feel like the rebels that's really what I want to get from that and I really want you to underline those verses that I said verse 18 22 and 25 because you need to remember those points that moment where you feel like you've drifted away I want you to read the prodigal son and you're going to see it underlined and you're going to understand confession you've got a new identity you need to believe that don't let anyone take that away from you and then you worship you pray you sing and you dance and then let's talk about the other brother can you tell that we're best friends <laughs> not just brothers yeah it's, I know that's weird for siblings but uh. <laughs> why is it always you <laughs> yo just to encourage you guys as well um, take notes take notes when you're listening to sermons I really encourage you to do that um, I came to a few new, new days and didn't take notes and I, I got all this information but when I got home I couldn't remember it but I just feel like, just honestly, on your phone or on, just take notes and just because there were some gems that he was dropping there, man. And it's something that when you c- find yourself in those tough times, you're gonna find yourself thinking, you know what? What were those things that Femi said? Um, so I encourage you to take notes. I'm gonna I'm talk about the other brother, who I think I relate to a little bit more. I'm gonna call him the unseen, the unseen brother, because he was doing his job he was doing the right thing he didn't disrespect the parent like if you read the story you're seeing there's this brother one brother goes out as he said and goes and splashes it all and tries to live the large life and then there's the other one who's just doing the normal thing doing as he's told and imagine this now put yourself in his shoes he's just done he's been doing diligently every single day what was asked and required of him and then suddenly his brother comes home and there's a party for him and I'm thinking Every day, I could have had a party every single day because I've been doing this, the same thing. I've been doing the right thing. I've been doing the, what you asked me, the righteous thing. But you never gave me the party. And it felt like that a little bit sometimes in life. Like, like he said, when I get a B and I get cussed out. And he gets a B and everyone's thanking the Lord for, <laughs> for he's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm kind of there like, well, what do you mean? I've been, I've been trying I've been trying to do this. Oh, T, T got a detention. He's in trouble. Femi got his third phone call home. It's a good week. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that, sometimes it could, it could get a little... It used to get to me, to be honest, because I used to think, you know what? what is, what's the point? What's the point of being diligent? What's the point of being good? And I'm really speaking to those people that are 
you you might be someone that's here at New Day for maybe it's, it's, it's your third or fourth time or maybe second, whatever. You, you're in the church. You're serving in the church. You've been a Christian for a long time. And, you know, those people where you know, you've been diligent. But sometimes it feels that others don't see you. And then sometimes it feels that God don't see you. You've been working diligently, but that one thing in your life that's not quite patterned and isn't quite fixed, still isn't being fixed. But that one person who came to Christ yesterday, suddenly, whew, blessings, blessings, blessings start falling upon them. You're thinking, yo, God, didn't you, didn't you see me? Like, I'm here. Because, I don't know, I've, I've felt like that a few times. Anyone else felt like that a few times? Like, God, are you missing me? Are you, are you not hearing my prayers? That's the unseen one. Now, there's two things that I can pick up. Two points I can pick up from this son that I think are big, big learning curves. And the first one is this. is Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm dropping bars today. <laughs> just let me know if you want me to start oh. beatboxing or whatever. I've, just, <laughs> I've got you. Yeah. I say that because how many people know that it's, you can be in the right place and doing the wrong thing? Yeah? You know that? Because get it together, trying to sabotage me <laughs> so what i mean by that is okay me i i became a christian when i was real young i was like five years old we went to this thing called stonely and i i remember making the confession anyone feel stonely yeah, yeah come on dude. yeah 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 um Wait, it, did you know <laughs> yo god cancelled you man this is <laughs> I was going to say, did you know it was just all the youth leaders that know yeah, what Stoney yeah, yeah. is? Everyone else. It was basically a like new day, but for all ages and... Five of life. Five of life. Fours for, for Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Sunshine, sixes. sixes. <laughs> seven to heaven or something. So, yeah, 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 you guys have no idea what that, I'm man. talking about. Yeah, that's it's vintage New Frontiers things. Do you get me? <laughs> but yeah, it's like we went to Stoney. I became a Christian when I was five years old. I remember the day. I remember because I saw, I saw someone puking quite a lot. <laughs> And me and my brother were standing next to each other, and, and I was—it was the first time I'd ever considered death. Yeah. Do you remember that day? No, it's uh, uh, seriously. Serious we saw thoughts? this guy throwing up by the side, and we just thought he's, he's gonna, gonna die. die. He's gonna die. <laughs> and I just, when we got home to dad, we were just like, "Yo, is talk to die. us about yeah. death because I think that guy's gonna die." <laughs> and yeah, that's when we became yeah. Christians. And dad just. Dad, honestly, just exp- yeah, he just explained to us, yo, you don't, you don't have to fear death because you got Jesus. And I was like, yeah, I want Jesus. And yeah. I remember in that moment, I actually became a Christian. We both became a Christian. And so from that moment, imagine five years old, I've been in the church as in like, I think I've been serving since I could, uh, since I could carry a chair. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like we, we, my, my dad would preach and we would come and I was like, yeah, we're serving. We're in, we're in, we're in, we're in. And I remember get into a certain age where it's like, I'm even in the band these times, I'm playing my bass guitar, and I'm, why did I pl- start playing the bass guitar in church? It's because our bassist left, and my dad said, do you want to play bass? And I said, yeah, go on then. I, you know, one of those ones, and I, I just start serving wherever I could. I used to get to church early and put up speakers, and then serve in the worship band, and then after church, I'd come back after to wash up dishes and whatever, um, and put them away. And why? Just because just there was a need, and I thought, let me do it. But then it got to a certain stage when I was like, why am I actually doing this? Why am I actually serving? And I realized the reason that I was serving wasn't necessarily because God is who he says he is. And I've been commissioned and you serve in a house that you love. But it was more because I wanted to please mom and dad. Mm. You know what I mean? And I thought, if, if I do these things, then I'm going 
collect the accolades a little bit more. I'm going to start looking a little bit better. And it's, it's, it started to become about me. It became about me. Yeah, I'll work a little bit harder than the next man just to be able to say that I worked harder than the next man. And that's the wrong mentality to go into certain things with. And when I say you can be in the right place doing the wrong thing, I mean, for us as Christians, we can be at New Day. And this is, this is one of the thoughts I used to have. I used to be there praying and I'd open one eye when there was a, a salvation response and I'd see one of my boys go up to the front and I'm thinking, again. <laughs> You know what I mean? We've been there before where you're thinking, oh, this guy's yeah. giving his life three times this week, yeah. man. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> you know what we were talking about. Yeah, the, the, the insurance commitment, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know what, yeah, I did do it last year, but there's no nothing wrong with topping it up, yeah. Yeah, and I, I could find myself in those moments having a little bit of a jaded heart, like, they're not really on it like like me. They're not, they don't really get it like, like me. And suddenly you see this sin called pride you know what pride is pride is a creeper you know what i mean by that like it's something where you can live your whole life as if it's completely 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 calm but there's a little bit of pride on the inside of you and everything you're doing becomes in vain mm-hmm. and that's a scary thing that's a really scary thing to think you can be in the lord's house and you can be lifting your hands in worship and the lord could be like yeah but when i was hungry you didn't feed me when i was thirsty you didn't give me a drink no, 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 you, 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 were, you were feeding yourself and whatnot. Yeah, your hands were up, but I never really knew you. Now, that's for me the scariest part of the Bible where Jesus says that. Mm. So when I say check yourself before you wreck yourself, I'm talking about, hold on, when I'm doing things in the house, am I doing it for me or am I doing it for the kingdom? Mm. You know what I mean? You see, come with me to, to Psalm 139. Oh, you got it for me? Yeah, I'm happy. I love this guy, man. Safe. I've got um, you, bro. Verse 23. Now, I underline this in my Bible. Psalm 139 and verse 23. This, is, this whole chapter, I'll, t- I'll tell you, read this chapter, because this chapter, this chapter got me through some seriously tough times. But verse 23, it's a, it's a, whole, it's a whole chapter about how God loves us. And we're going to come on to that later. But verse 23, it says this. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous waste or anything bad in me. And lead me to the way everlasting. Okay, so you see that? That's, that's David speaking, and he's praying right there. And he says, look, I love you so much, God. I want to do exactly what you've called me to do. I want to be who you've called me to be. And you know what? Just in case there's a little thing on the inside of my heart that ain't right, just in case, I pray that you just bring it to the surface. Highlight it to me. Speak to me. I just say, I don't like you doing that. Mm. So that I might be able to fight against it. Mm. Now, I went pretty much my whole life without praying a single prayer like that. I went pretty much my whole life, I'm talking about up until a couple years ago, without saying, you know what, Lord? Am I doing all right? Do I have the right heart in this thing? Like, because if I'm not, I want you to highlight it because I'm, I'm about your house and I'm, I'm about your kingdom. And if I'm doing things in the wrong way, Lord, highlight it to me because I can't really see it right now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if you're someone that is diligent and in the house and you're serving and you're one of those people that's maybe been walking with the Lord a long time, Maybe it's time just to have that prayer, just to be like, you know what, Lord, can you just can you just look at my heart quickly and just see if there's anything in there? And when I did that, guess what God told me? You have a pride issue, TJ. Yeah. Lo and behold. Yeah, every time that you're looking at your brother thinking, oh, he's done this or he's done that. That's, that's pride, which means that when you go to church on the Sunday, the next day, and you're up there trying to be the guy and trying to preach and whatever, you're not, you're not doing it with the right heart. And I'm a God that looks at your heart. 
So I don't, I don't care about all the gimmicks and how you're looking and what your shape up saying. I'm, I care about your heart. You know what I mean? So pray that to God. Pray that to God and say, look, search me, search me. You need to understand the depth of the mission. The depth of the, what I mean by that is, how can I put this? Yeah, someone, someone gave me an analogy once, yeah? They said, being a Christian is like being in a, being a Christian on earth sometimes can feel like you're, you're in a burning building. Half the people know the way out of the building, but they don't know it's on fire. And half the people know that the building's on fire, but they don't know the way out. And as a Christian, you know both. You know the way out, and you know that the building's on fire. And sometimes when you do things with the wrong heart, when you do things for yourself and there's pride in it, you're just like, ooh, everyone look at me. I'm walking out of this building. I'm walking out the building. I'm walking out the building. It's all about me. It's all about me. And it's like, you know what? You've done this with the wrong heart. If you had the heart for God and if you had the right heart, you'd be running to one side of the building saying, yo, guys, it's on fire. And you'd be running to the other side of the building and say, yo, I know the way out. Come follow me. Not because of me, but because of you guys and because I know the God that you should be serving. You understand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do things with the right heart. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Next one. I'm out of breath. Next one is that brother, the unseen, I want you to know that you are seen. Amen. Simple as that. You are seen. Not only are you seen, but you're loved. Now, some, that brother felt part. He felt like, you know what? This ain't right. How can I have not been seen? You know when I felt like this the most? I used to feel like this a lot when I heard the, the, uh, the gangster testimonies. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you know what I'm talking about? Like, where the, someone would come and be like, yeah, so I grew up in like... Tottenham and I've killed three people and done, this and done that 30 I've done a 30, 30 stretch 30 from. stretch and, and it's like I used to sit down in the and it, they'll come up with these testimonies which are incredible incredible life changing beautiful stories of how Christ goes after the, the one mm-hmm. and brings them back and I used to sit there thinking oh my gosh this person God, Christ went through such extreme lengths to find this person. He's like, yeah, while I was doing a drug deal, then the person was about to buy the drugs and like, he just said, you know, Jesus loves you, innit? And I'm like, raw, Jesus loves me. And we just started prophesying in that moment. And I'm like, I'm like, how, how, did, how did that happen to him? You know what I mean? I just saw someone puking and became a Christian. <laughs> You know, and it's like you've gone through all of these days and nights and days and nights of just what can feel like mediocre Christianity. Anyone ever been there? Where it's just day in, day out, day in, day out. And sometimes you can feel like, you know what, Christ went after that person differently to how he went after me. Sometimes you don't necessarily feel that love because there's a bigger testimony. I just want to round up by saying this. You see the you see the hundred sheep that were there? And then one went you know the story? The parable of sheep just before mm-hmm. this, isn't it? The one goes astray. Yeah. And then the shepherd, he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Mm-hmm. And puts it on his shoulders, brings the sheep back and puts it there. And it's just like, you're back. Now, sometimes I feel like the 99 sheep. What were they saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever said that, you're a G. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, man. How do I come back from that? <laughs> no, but in that moment, they might have been thinking... Raw. Is there something about Sean over there? Uh-huh. See what I did there. See what he did there. Sean the sheep, but yeah. <laughs> but they might have been thinking, is there something about that sheep over there that, that makes them more special? They went and they had the little gangster testimony and they've gone away and they've come back to redemption. It's like, oh my gosh, the sheep's back. But what about us? Mm. We were the good ones. Leave them. 
you got 99 okay ones here. Sometimes I felt like that. But here you ask yourself the question, what if any of the other 99 went missing? Mm-hmm. You reckon the shepherd's going to leave it? Or is the shepherd going after it? You see, what happened if the roles were reversed and me as the unseen went and squandered all the money and him as the rebel decided to stay in the house? Would the, son, would the father have loved him any differently? Mm. Would it have been a different reaction? No, the father's still going to ro- roll up his robe and sprint after him and embrace him and put, kill the fattened calf and put a ring on his finger and give him some new crepes. That's the, what the father's going to do mm-hmm. because the father is a father of love. Mm. So what I want to end this really with saying is your God... Regardless of how you're feeling in that moment, feelings are okay indicators, as someone said to me the other day, but it's not the truth. It's not the be-all and end-all. Emotions aren't the be-all and end-all. You need to believe, what did I say yesterday? In truth over facts. Yeah? The truth being that you have a God who loves you so much that he sent his son to the earth to die for you so that you could just have communion with him, so that you could be saved and it's only when you really understand the weight of grace that you really understand that, yo, even though I don't feel seen by men, I know that I'm seen by God. Amen. And as people, we have to get to that place where we understand the weight of grace. Amen. By grace, we have been saved. I saw that earlier. I love that. Perfect. That's a verse in Ephesians. You see, when I say grace, I'm not talking about, this is how some of us Christians think, right? We think that when we're born, it just happens randomly, accident, whatever. And then God winds us up and it says go some of us have like 70 years in us some of us have 77 years in us and by the time the, the thing finishes and then we fall down and God's like okay there's another one coming let's judge them but God doesn't press go on us and then let us go mm-hmm. when I tell you that everyone breathe in and breathe out you know God allowed that yeah. as in he said God to come over here and say you know yes I'm going to give you another breath mm-hmm. and another one and another one. Another you've one. still got a purpose. You've still got a purpose. I've still got a plan and another one and another one and another one. You see, that's the God that we serve. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just leave. He's someone that is so intentional. Think about it. It says he knows every single hair on your head. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that he's just interested. It means that he's invested yes. in us. You understand? Exactly. So when you have a God that chases you, relent- you know the song Reckless Love? I'm not going to start singing right now, but if you go to the, the start of Psalm 139, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Hear this, it says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, if I go to the highest mountain, you're still there. And even if I make my bed in darkness, oh, you're still there. There's nowhere that I can go where you aren't. A God that is that intentional about you, even when your heart is full of pride. Amen. Oh, man. Amen. That's the God that we serve. You understand? Amen. So even when you don't feel like you're being seen and you feel like the prodigal son is the one that's getting all of the accolades, you need to understand we serve a God that wouldn't go through all of this and do all of this and be this invested in you if he didn't see you and love you and know you. Amen. You're not unseen. You're seen. Amen. Amen. So right now, right now we're going to pray. We're going to pray for the two brothers. We're going to pray for people that see themselves 
as the one that is far away. So everyone, I want you to close your eyes and hold your hand. Actually, no, let's stand up. Let's stand up, quick and quietly. Let's stand up. Because I really want to pray for the people that they felt like they related to what I was saying about that new day spiritual high and then it dampens down. I want to pray for the people that feel like they, they have a tendency to slip and slide away from where God wants them. Because right now we're going to do exactly what the brother did. So everyone that feels like that, I want you to raise your hands right now. If you feel like you've fallen away from God and it's a repeated thing and you want to stay on the right track, I want you to raise your hands. And between you and God right now, I want you to confess. A lot of you were thinking, when I was talking about, you know, those reoccurring sins, a lot of you felt like, that is me, that I need to confess. And just speak to God right now, I want you to confess. I want you to really be like, Lord Jesus, that, that, what I keep doing, I want to lift it to you, Lord Jesus. I know I might have said it before in a prayer, but right now, Lord Jesus, I want it to be a different prayer. I want this to, Lord Jesus, with your spirit, would you intervene in my heart right now? Any shackles, any chains, I pray in Jesus' name that they are broken and they are broken forever. And then the second group of people within that, the people that feel like they're always far away, is you struggle to live in the grace of what Jesus has done. You struggle to really believe that you are a new identity. Some of you are feeling like, I am the same person. New Day is just kind of a week away. It's like a magic land and I go back to the same person. I want, I really, right now, we're going to pray that we remember that we have been clothed in a new robe. We have a new ring and new shoes. We have a new identity in Christ. And I want to pray in Jesus' name for everyone with those hands up. Let's just pray into that, Lord, that we would remember we are a new identity. We don't look the same. We don't act the same. And we're going to believe and walk in faith that we're a new identity because of what you've done. In Jesus' name. Some of you around them, I want you to lay your hands on them and just pray those prayers over them. That in Jesus' name, that they would understand that they are a new identity in Christ. That the, the lies of the enemy will never, ever stop them remembering that. That Satan will have no hold on me. Amen. That we will be free. Free indeed. Amen. And I want to pray in Jesus' name that you would help us have those powers. I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us understand those powers that you have. Those shackles mean nothing to us because you have taught, you've broken them off in Jesus' Amen. name. I want to pray in Jesus' name that we would learn to be worshippers. We would learn to be dancers. We would learn to live in that grace of our new identity, even when situations are hard. Some of you are thinking, I am leaving New Day to go to a war zone. Some of you are thinking, there is a war zone in my house. There is a war zone in my area. There's a war zone internally in my mind. Some of you are thinking, I'm leaving. This week is just a holiday away from that. But what Jesus wants to say to you right now is, you are going into that war zone a new identity. Amen. You are going into that war zone clothed in righteousness. And in Jesus' name, I want to pray for every single person that feels like that. That we would remember those weapons that you've given to us. The power of prayer. 
It says that, you know, the word of God is like a double-edged sword, that we would remember, I pray in Jesus' name, that in those hard times when we read our Bibles, that they would jump out at us and speak to us in Jesus' name. I pray for the dark times when we feel far away from you, Lord Jesus, that we would remember that you're a God that never, ever leads us. I pray when we sing songs like, now my debt is paid, it is paid in full, that we will remember that, that we will sing those lyrics and never forget that by the precious blood that my Jesus spilt that sin has no hold on me. Death is beaten and we are saved. We are free in Jesus name. Those people that feel like they're far away in rebels, I am declaring right now in Jesus' name that you would no longer feel like that in Jesus' name. Amen. You would remember that Jesus has opened his heart, arms out wide to receive you in all of his love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. And the people that are unseen, you're not going to be forgotten today as well. If you feel like you're someone that's unseen, that you do things, or just someone that struggles to feel God's love sometimes, I want you to put your hand up as well. Put your hand up as well. Everyone, eyes closed. Um, we're just going to pray. Just pray over yourself quickly. Just pray over yourself. You see your hand up as well. Just put your hand on their shoulder and be praying for them. just want to remind you, God loves you. God sees you. He went through extreme lengths to find you. He's glad that you're here right now. He's glad that your hand's up right now because he's like, yeah, they're stretching their hand out and I'm right here. You have a father that runs out to you. Amen. Even if you don't feel it all the time, you've got a father that runs out to you. Every moment of your life, even those moments where you feel like God can't be here, he was right next to you. Some of those moments he carried you through. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord God, I thank you for each and every person in this room right now. Mm-hmm. I thank you that they're here because you thought of them, you made them, you loved them, Lord God, you chased them, you loved them relentlessly, Lord God. Even when we don't feel it, I thank you that we can rest on the bedrock of the truth that is that you love us. Amen. Which means that whatever room we walk into, we can walk into with confidence and covering because you go before us. Any attack of the enemy or scheme, we can be confident that we will overcome because you've already overcome it, Lord God. There's not a single person in here that you've forgotten, and I thank you for that, Lord God. And right now, I just want to pray that everyone will feel your love, Lord God. Amen. Right now, that they will start to feel your love, Lord God. That they'll start to feel that they are not alone. I want to pray for lonely people right now. People that feel like that no one gets them. That even when they read the Bible, they don't get it. I pray right now, Lord God, supernaturally you would deposit a peace in them. Amen. An understanding of your love and your grace. That we will be people that live by grace. That live in the understanding that you are Lord of all. Amen. And that Jesus Christ has the final say. Amen. Blessed be your name, Lord God. Let us all walk out of this tent renewed, refreshed. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, yeah, there's a ministry team. If anyone wants to hang back, be prayed for. Um, we're going to be about for everyone else. We'll see you out there a little bit later. Go and enjoy your lunch. Bless. <laughs>